0: You are now now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America, hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. 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 Progressive Action is now live.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Progressive Action Radio is back after taking a week off. It was me and Jamel's birthday last week, so we decided to give ourselves a break. Because for the past, since like November, I've been talking about union stuff every single
0: day. Right, cuz? Of course. Good evening, everybody. All listeners live. All listeners who listen on SoundCloud. And all listeners all across America who catch Progressive Action, good evening, yeah, good they, morning. They do listen
1: to us all over. Oh yeah, uh, definitely all over America,
0: definitely. But what's going on, Cuz? It's a lot
1: going on. You know, just fill the grievance out. Um, you know uh, about no lunch, and the interpretation on that. You know, people think that when you fill out a no lunch, it means that in its literal form, we safety sensitive, and we working without having a lunch break sometimes which is against the law. We'll find out a lot of things is against the law. But we know they listen, so we ain't going to give them my whole defense. No, we can't pull
0: out that ace right yeah, now. Yeah. Not right
1: know. now. They'll see it, though. <clears throat> of course. And, and there's no way around it. And, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, well, what if the union don't don't allow it to go through? Well, like I said, I've been sitting on this for a while. I didn't just come out the 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 clear blue air and say, you know what, I'm gonna do a no lunch grievance. I have professional advice. I got people behind me that's probably expecting something to go down silly with the union, but they go get taken care of on a legal level. Oh, because of because there's no way possible that you go sit there and represent side with management and say that it's cool for us not to get lunch, just fill out your 30 minute. Um, Lake Claire form Or no lunch form Whatever it is Like that's nutritious I keep telling y'all You can't eat those forms And you're not missing Those 30 minutes You know what I mean We help, It's health and safety This ain't no regular Grievance So if they decide To want to stop that Then they get They go get taken care of Legally Of course They gotta get dealt with You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying they, yeah. go get, they go get dealt with Legally Yeah <clears throat> So got that out the way
0: So Samuelson Brung back The 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 training upgrade fund. Yeah, he reincarnated it. Basically, what he called it is the uh, it's the TWU Local 100 Upward Advancement Program. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what this does is um, <clears throat> it circumvents what uh, was negotiated back in 2002 in Attachment H under the um, Roger Toussaint administration, where now they're allowing. Uh, they said that uh, Local 100 is thrilled. You hear me thrilled to offer good standing members in the cleaner and traffic checker titles only the opportunity to advance into the um, higher paying salary, um, you know, the, the higher paying hourly jobs in Local 100. So basically, it says here as per the contract, 20 members will be selected. Priority will be afforded to those in the cleaner and traffic checker, checker titles, like I said. But meanwhile, in the 2002 contract, it was ninety-six slots were negotiated on an annual basis for members from all titles, with uh, priority given to cleaners and traffic checkers. Still, but still, that was priority. But it was open to all members who wanted to go into the apprenticeship program. And you're talking about ninety-six slots. Now, another thing that's going. Now, another thing that's going on is if everybody can go. If everybody goes on the, when they get the opportunity, go on the MTA website. And when you go into and click on employment, and when you go in there, you'll see how they have now for those same maintenance away titles, uh, signals, HVAC, elevator and escalator, plumbing, mason, carpentry, you name it. They have their open, um, they're open, you know, for resumes. People can submit resumes to get those jobs. So what I'm saying is, okay, now you're making it to where people don't have to take the exam to get those jobs. How is that? Me, you know, back here it is something was negotiated for all members of Local One Hundred to get those jobs. Everything would have been done in house, and all the mem and all the people in those jobs would have been civil service. But now, you're offering this these jobs to uh, people from the street, and all they have to do is submit a resume, and not take no tests. So now, what kind of funny business is that? See, number one, <coughs> you know. These guys want to create a good old boys club somewhere, but you better be careful in doing so because you give the MTA the avenue to possibly try to eliminate civil service because you you have that the way you would have all these people on the property who wouldn't be civil service. And then also um, to go along with them hiring non-civil service bus drivers, you know. So that's what I mean where say the MTA can't take it upon themselves to do away with civil service, but they can go to the state house, they can go to the state senator and say, listen, we have all these members, we have all these people on the property now who are not civil service. So we really don't need civil service here. Well, yeah, but is traffic checkers not
1: clean as civil service? They're no, not. they're right. not civil service. So, I mean, so it's the sense?
0: Right. They they're can, not civil service anyway. Exactly. But, but, but what I'm saying is, if you have people from the street taking an exam, that's what would make a person civil service. You see what I'm But so, there's no exam for cleaners or traffic checking. I understand that. So that's so that's what makes it even worse. Yeah, the fact that you're taking the two titles that are non-civil service and you put them in there. Hell, you can't. Station agents would be, um, you know, you're not even allowing station agents to take that opportunity to get that job. And station agents are civil service because they took the exam yeah I think that they just what they when you think about
1: it they just taken it they realize it's not civil service so they might as well just fill it up with anybody because the whole cleaner and traffic checker thing um I mean it should be a test for every job of course you know what I'm saying that's what the union should for should have fought for all those jobs you have to take a test for but they've been got rid of the uh you know the cleaners being civil servants. I don't I thought it was a test I didn't even know how you get hired for that
0: right the cleaners um. The cleaners' title, for what I understand, is that's a what do they what do they call that again? That's a, um, I forgot what it's called. But anyway, traffic checkers are non-civil service because they fall on the map store, and cleaners, of course, are non-civil service.
1: See, I, I, I the problem is I don't care what they do if they taking resumes or whatever. But the problem once again is with the union. The union is lying. They said that according to the collective bargaining agreement was 20 members would be selected for the program. That's not what the collective bargaining agreement says. If they give us 96, the union negotiated 96 and the and MTA wanted to do 300, then that's the issue. My problem is with, once again, it's the union, not the MTA. Right. Know what I mean? So if they gave us 96 positions, I wouldn't care what the MTA resume say or if they were looking for resume employees. It wouldn't matter to me. It's just that the union is lying again. The same way they did with the cleaners bill. They said it was passed when it wasn't passed. You know what I'm saying? They lying with this, talking about, oh, it's twenty spots. It's not twenty spots. It's nine it's supposed to be ninety six according to the contract. Unless, like I said, part of the new contract is done already. And exactly. he
0: and he leaked it out. And he leaked it out by exactly without being conscious of it.
1: Yeah, he leaked it out. So if the new mou come about and it says 20 positions then we know that he did this contract way in advance this guy talking about going on strike how can you he ain't ruling out a strike how can't you not rule out a strike and you don't tell your your workers your 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 members that look we need to financially prepare for a strike start putting a little bit of money to the side just in case we do strike he hasn't said anything no no i mean and all right the 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 bylaws or whatever may say start negotiating in November. It don't give you no rules as when to start really rallying up your members. There's no rules in that. So when you go start that, you you, 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 you taking these private meetings upstate to Tarrytown, New York, to, to, to have meetings and all the offices is not even there. How you go even think about calling a strike and you don't have every officer there? You got your, your, basically your friends and the people that you trust. Cause y'all know y'all bullshitting the members. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. So these guys, these guys is 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 crazy. My my problem is with the union. Certain certain people in the union, mainly the president. He's lying to us. He
0: needs to get questioned. I I can't wait to run across him. Yeah, but like I said, my biggest again, no matter what, my big concern is civil service. Because even the grievance today that you filed, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the grievance yesterday that you filed, it's like, listen, here it is. We're citing civil service law. We're running and we're researching this. But again, without that civil service stronghold, we wouldn't even have that leg to stand on. That's true, that's, that's untrue. Because um, whether you civil service or not, you still fall up under that law. Right, but if these, again, if you circumvent that law and they say, okay, we don't fall up under that law, that's what I mean, with, you know, that's what I'm talking about. If we don't fall up under that law, then what do we have to, what leg do we have to stand on? But everybody falls up under that law.
1: They, 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 that's just like saying, we, they go take something enormous, everybody, whether you civil service or not, everybody falls up under that law. And, and, they, and even if they don't got that, the civil service law says the same thing the Department of Labor says. They, they both similar. And managers and
0: everybody fall up under that. Every, yeah, everybody falls up under it. But it's still, it's still not good to lose that, to lose that you know. To lose what? The, the civil service? Yeah, civil service. We ain't lose it. We never had it. No. <laughs> we um, never
1: had it. It's not like they come in to train operators and conductors and saying, we resume in your position. Then there's a problem. If we never had it, then what's the, what's the issue?
0: What are you talking about? If we never had what? If we never had resumes? No,
1: if they start resuming, resume conductor, bus operators in those positions, as far as saying, "Let me see a resume to be a conductor," then there's an issue.
0: Oh yeah, there's of course. But if
1: I never had it, then how can I complain about it?
0: Right, you can't complain about (laughs) it. Exactly, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And I'm map stores. I definitely can't complain about it because I, you know, (laughs) so
1: you know, that's we never. If they would have took civil service away. From the the cleaners and the traffic checkers, and they don't now they resume, it, then we have an issue. I think the first issue should come is try to make them civil service, make tests for these. They will make money anyway to MTA, and they probably will bring it back, being that they taken over the they took over DCAS y'all.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 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 since cleaners are right labor class, that's what it is. It came back to me since they made cleaners a labor class job that basic, you know. That's the reason for it not being a test. I mean, hell, I mean, the only civil service part of the aspect of cleaners is all the people that get demoted from the operational titles in the cleaners. Exactly.
1: They like, why well, fill up these positions when there's constant, discipline is crazy.
0: Discipline is retarded, exactly. The new way
1: to get to become a cleaner is mess up on the road. Right. Go fuck up and we have a new <laughs> job as you, <laughs> as cleaners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how it is. Traffic checkers, I don't even know how they find those people. I have yet to see a white traffic checker. So, if you ask me, they setting up shopping the projects.
0: And that's get, what it feels like. They yeah. go into the hood. I haven't seen that one white traffic checker. You're right. They go into the hood and say, yo, what's up? Y'all want a job or you're, something? You're, they,
1: they flash the
0: MTA. Uh-huh. want work for MTA? want to work for MTA, all yeah. All you
1: got to do is just stay in here and write on a piece of paper whenever you see a train or a bus mm-hmm. and, and um you know, that type of stuff.
0: Right. And that's all they do is ride up and down the buses, ride up and down the road and count people. That's it. Yeah. that's
1: a Estimate count. You know what I'm saying? hmm it's, it's, it's crazy. Because
0: the fare box is going to do the count anyway. Basically. And then I was told, I, matter of fact, I was just educated to this over this week. They're going to, um, in the near future, they're going to install, like, a, some type of radar detector or laser detector on buses. And it's going to do a count of every individual that comes th- through those doors so even fare beaters are going to be counted so that that way they know how many people are on the buses so the days of the fare box counting people it's going to be a thing of the past yeah now we
1: were speaking about things like i said we may have been off the air but we was talking about things anyway um this is something that you like why don't they cash out oto time instead of letting us bank it you know i mean at the end of the year you got to cash it out why you don't think they don't let us bank it let it carry over to the next year
0: And I think it should be unlimited if we earn it. Of course. It should should be unlimited. But why is that? Why why do we have to cash it in at the end of the year, OTO time? Well, one of the ways to control people, one of the major ways is to control people
1: is through resources. Money is a major resource. OTO time is money when you look at it. You know what I'm saying? It's time off. You got more leeway. You have more freedom. You know what I'm saying? It's Mm. the same how they've been treating black people. They tell us money, money, money isn't everything. You know what I'm saying? Money is the only thing. Right. Because <laughs> why they telling us not to get it? They, they why they? Oh, you don't worry about it, but we go continue getting it over here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's a resource. Anything that deals with a resource, they go try to keep us on the leash. And this company is mostly African American. Stevie Wonder could see that. You understand? Of course. So they go treat us a certain way. They will never admit it, and you will never. You will never see it, see it in a policy and things like that. But come on, they do, they do crazy things with us here. You know what I mean? And they name it, they, they disguise it for the needs of the service. No, it's untrue. You treat us like this because we black. It's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. You, you, take our, we, 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 we call out sick. We gotta, we gotta prove why we sick. How about I'm just tired? How about I just don't want to come to work today because our customers annoyed me all week. We don't work with the nicest customers. They rude. They call us. They. They. I'm. T- I'm talking from my personal experience. I have been spat at, not on. I have been called nigger. I have been cursed out. All that is abuse. I'm not. I, I'm not trained to, to deal with that. I'm human. Yeah. So maybe I just want to take a day off. Maybe I need a day off every week. An extra day off to not deal with the rude customers because, um, once again, uh. The delays is not our fault. It's mostly transit fault. Their signals, wherever they buying these new Chinese rails, these cheap-ass Chinese rails from, that's breaking every hour. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's always a broken rail Always a broken rail. Wow. So, these are not our fault. The the, We at the front line. Who get blamed for that? We do. We do, yeah. We do. So, we dealing with the abuse. Meanwhile, these guys is in their offices throughout the city, to Broadway or wherever they may be, not knowing what's going on on the ground level. Only thing they doing is getting reports with numbers. These numbers ain't calling them spicks, cracker, fuck you. They, them, them numbers ain't saying that's, that. That's right. That paperwork's not telling them it's that. Not, it's not telling them the story. That's right. There you go. They telling us the story. And there's such a gap, we tell our union, oh, don't worry about it. It's part of the No, it's not part of the job. No, it's not. Exactly. It, it shouldn't be part of the job. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be part of the job. In AM New York, they just had an article about passengers holding doors. They supposed only 100 and something passengers got fined last year for holding doors $100. It's against the law. Why aren't passengers getting fined for these delays? But as soon as you hit a signal, you're not really getting in trouble for hitting the signal. They want to know how long that delay was. And then for some reason the delay minutes coincide with the amount of days they give you. Really? <laughs> yeah. So 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 if you so if you're delayed there five minutes. You will get five days. you will gonna get five days. You will get five days. Because you delay their service five minutes. That
0: makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean it, it doesn't, doesn't make, make yeah. sense, but you see what the but you see why
1: they do what they but do. But the bottom line is that these people, they getting these reports and these numbers and it's not telling the whole story that we deal with. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need a day. i be needing more than a day off to get my mind right. And then as soon as I spaz on somebody, I'm in
0: trouble. And physically, it's it's not simple because, you know, let's not just talk about the people. Let's just talk about the people, you know, the members like the cleaners and the, and the, and the people who work underground. Think about the people who work underground, those track workers. And Samuelson should know that the track workers, those maintenance away people in this unbearable heat that we had over this summer. Think about that. It's yeah. hotter downstairs than mm-hmm. it is upstairs yeah, in the street. The, the trains is emitting crazy because of the AC systems on the trains. Exactly. You know what I'm right, right. And the compressors and all that stuff. So that's what I mean where I say, yo, think about the members down there that have on those clothes. It's not like you could, and it's not like you can work in a wife beater. You know, you still have to keep your clothes on for safety reasons. Yeah. So that's what I mean where I say, imagine the members down there and imagine the cleaners who do mobile wash. Imagine the cleaners who are down there pulling, pulling trash and dealing with those rats. And imagine the people who are up outdoors on the structure in that high heat in the summertime in the, in the, in the middle of the day. That's another thing. It's like, how do they not expect you? How do they not expect your body to break down? Even if you're young, 25 years old with a six pack and you're good shape and 30 years old or whatever, you still need that break, man. Now, you was talking about the cleaners and pulling garbage and, and
1: things like that. Right. Let's get this clear. The MTA don't care about cleaners. When when us as colored folks started getting this job, what was our first jobs? We
0: were porters, uh, which is a uppity, uppity name for a cleaner, basically. A, a, a
1: porter was in, like, the George Jefferson building. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But we basically, we was cleaners. So when we get demoted or if we want to keep our job, where they send us to? They send us to cleaner. Why? What? what I want to know what their reasoning is for that. Why cleaner? I don't know. Maybe they want us to remember and think about our history. Everything relates to history. History of I know you yeah. yeah, I know. I know <laughs> but you know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the only jobs we had when we first came to transit. That's we right. was cleaners. That's right. So they send us back. And if you white and you get caught and sent to cleaner, your ass should have known better. But they know that most of the people that's getting demoted to cleaner is African-Americans. And if you mess up your cleaner job, you're probably going to end up being a traffic checker.
0: But you can't mess up your cleaner job. People mess up the
2: cleaner jobs. Wow. <laughs> if you mess up the cleaner job, you I don't, don't know deserve, what else to tell you. Yeah,
0: because there's it, no restrictions. But introduce our guest. Okay. So this evening, everybody, we have our first guest. This is Miss, we have Mr. Maurice Jenkins, former vice president of the stations department in the studio tonight. What's going on, Mr. Jenkins? How you feeling, Maurice? I'm feeling pretty well. You sound
1: kind
2: of low over there for some reason. Well, let me see if I can speak up a little, because uh, people do say I'm quite an orator at times. All right, there you go. There you go. Ah, yeah. Okay, so um, like I said, um, good morning, gentlemen, and thank you for inviting me to your location.
0: No problem. No
2: problem. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy your show. Um, you give a lot of information, and it's something that our members need.
1: We appreciate it. You know, Mr. Mr. Jenkins, you know, he's he been my little bit of friend on Facebook. We ain't going to talk about the business, but he's been, he's been very informational on, on providing certain insights into the, some people in the union who, who's not good people. You know, well, what is that?
2: I feel that things that are put in the darkness need to be illuminated. I agree. You know, um, when we came into office, we came in on a slate, a campaign platform of transparency. So in the efforts of having things transparent, I just needed to illuminate you on a few things. <laughs> <days. laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, what's going on with, with, with you today? What's your thoughts on transit life, the union? Let's start with the union. What's your thoughts on, you, on the union?
2: Well, I have a lot of thoughts on the union, but before I get into that, um, if I may, you guys were just having a discussion, and it's about the cleaner title? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, so, um, the reason why the cleaner title right now is labor class is because of the web program. Before the web program, we did have our cleaners, civil service. They did take a test to come onto the property. However, the web program is supposed to afford people who are underprivileged the opportunity for employment. Correct. So in order to give them that, they had to take away that civil service title and make the labor class title, which is pseudo civil service. They have the benefits of civil service without having to go through the rigors of the test process and that made it convenient for them to come onto the property. Um, A lot of people complained about their past being called labor class because they were porters when I first came on, I'm I'm a dinosaur, (laughs) I'm gonna keep it real. But um, over time, we found that the system doesn't work. All right, for whatever reason it is, you don't have enough people coming on to make the web program what it was envisioned to be at the beginning as a way for people to bring themselves up, to to be functioning parts of society, to let's say enhance the economy by being able to buy goods in the economy because now they're employed. Correct. So they haven't hired enough web. So what you have is a web program being another way of industrialized slavery. Basically. You know, how many
1: how many people you think they, they bring in through web?
2: Per year? Yeah. It depends on whether our attrition process is. You know, we have people who are getting promoted. You have people who are retiring. You also have people who, like you said earlier, for lack of a better term, getting terminated. Yeah. All right. So when we factor in all those different areas, it might be twenty, thirty. It depends on what the needs of the authority are at so, that time.
1: But that's interesting. The authority is bringing in more wet workers than the union is promoting people from those titles. You get what, I, what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, yeah. That's, that's crazy. So it's going to be a standstill regardless. Because you could come in as a wet worker, become a cleaner, and then transfer to another high, uh, trade. You know what
0: I'm saying? But at 20 people, how fast you expect for it to move?
2: Well, that's something.
0: <clears throat> and that's 20 people. And right, this is what I forgot to, to get out. That's 20 people out of approximately there are approximately maybe a little bit maybe 2500 cleaners in the title overall that includes bus cleaners and the cleaners downstairs yeah. along with traffic checkers i'll say approximately 20 i'll say approximately 3000 okay so let's just say out of those 3000 people they expect to get 20 people per year not let's not let's say every 6 months per year into the new program so who's who? So who's supposed to promote out of that? Or what? Or what good is it doing the members? And then
1: my thing is this: the class lasts for six months or something like that. Yeah. What happens if people drop out within the six months? It may not even. You may start with twenty, but that don't mean you go in with twenty. Exactly. They ain't gonna bring nobody in the middle of the program. They can't. Yeah.
2: Um, when you go to Apex, you have a course curriculum that you have to follow, and you have to do that before you really attend an apprenticeship program. You have to build up and. The problem is that the majority of the people coming in, they don't have the qualifications to start off as an apprentice. Mm. So, the reason why they go to these schools is to build up their qualifications, so that then they can enter into the program.
1: Yeah. Now, does that paper even say Apex? Because I, it says a a school that's supposed to be chosen or something like that.
0: No, it it, do, it doesn't say Apex, but that's but with the apprentice but with the step program. That's the school that was used, Apex. Because I'm quite because sure they, they te- would have said it there. Because, ah. they, because they teach your electronics in that school, and that's the prerequisite. You're just like Maurice said, that's the prerequisite for the apprenticeship program. Oh, uh, all
1: right,
0: we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Yeah,
1: Maurice is taking a lot of notes, so I want him to, to, to finish addressing.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely,
2: <laughs> definitely. Okay, so <clears throat> basically I'm going to keep talking to you about the cleaner position, and why is it that people get demoted into the cleaner position. Um, Historically, it was always my job. I'm a station agent. People got demoted into my job. But um, after 2010, as you know, we had layoffs. So at that point, there were no jobs to demote in because once our people were laid off, we had a preferred list. And state law says that until that preferred list is exhausted, nobody can assume that title. And we were diligently looking at that. You're not going to bring nobody in until my people come in. So what happened was I happened to find out through one of my laid off members that they were hiring people off the street for cleanup. Now, before then, we went to them because after our people were laid off, we had to try to find some way that we could transition because that's part of the contract. It's in the contract, Section 2. Yeah. Okay, so what we did was we got together, and we looked at the different titles. We looked at the conductor's title. We looked at the track worker's title. However, they make more money than we do. So that would have been a promotion, and they couldn't do that. Yeah. We couldn't go into the cleanest title, so they said, because essentially it was not a civil service title, and it was a demotion, and they weren't going to demote us like that. And I'll get to you why I changed that. Okay, so with that being said, we petitioned DCAS and DCAS turned us down on everything. So that stuck us in that place where our people had to be out in the street. So now my people are in the street and you're telling me that you're hiring people off the road. And they brought that same argument. And I said, let them have the opportunity until that list number comes up to keep a paycheck, to keep contributing to their pension. Correct to keep health benefits because health benefits was the thing that was most prevailing to every member that got laid off. I received calls all day long. I got beat up about it, you know, to the extent that you beat me up, I'm going to the president, I'm going to beat him up. And we went back and forth, and that's how you got the Solidarity Fund. And let me say something about the Solidarity Fund. We're not the only union that ever had layoffs. But if you check every other union, we the only one that took care of our people when they was gone.
1: Now, let me ask you a question about that Solidarity Fund. Um, From what I understand, the union didn't say anything about members that was in bad standing, didn't benefit from it, but they was paying into it.
2: The Solidarity Fund? Yeah. Um, Um, Because of our Constitution, that was a union activity. And when you read the Constitution, we're, we're hampered by that because... Even though it would have been right to give it to everybody, we couldn't because of our law.
1: Now, the Solidarity Fund, everybody participated, every TWU Local 100 member?
2: Yeah, because it was a deduction. Okay. We all, um, there was a vote to ratify it. And once it was ratified, it became a deduction. Okay. So it was a bi weekly deduction. It, what I was telling people is like you're buying one of your brothers or sisters soda every day. Yeah. You know, you look at it like that. It's $10 a pay period.
1: Now, we were speaking about the layoffs real briefly. Um, When the station agents was laid off, nobody told, I don't know if it was transit or whoever, that um, there wasn't no more contributions until their 401ks, 457s, and things like that. Like, the union didn't tell no members anything about that. And... People was getting calls. Members were getting calls. Um, and they was, like, basically defaulting on their pensions. And some people wasn't even vested in.
2: Okay. you talking about the nicest pension? The, um, well, the default the
1: yeah. The or four, the, prudential
2: the prudential individual payments. The, yeah, the
1: individual payments.
2: Okay, if you're not making a salary, then you're not making deductions. So there's not going to be anything brought in. But who
1: wasn't telling? It, was it was a miscommunication because I spoke to somebody okay. about that the other day. And they was like, um... Nobody didn't tell Nobody about That they wasn't Taking no money out Like if you ain't working You ain't got no You ain't got no job And this and, and actually For them being laid off It ended up being bad time They have to make that time up From potential? No I'm talking about period And MTA
2: Oh right Well if you're not working Then you're not accruing Any type of Pensionable income Yeah So we contribute To our pension Yeah So if you're not Contributing Right Then you're, you're right you're not making the income, then you're not contributing to your pension because you're not having any pensionable time. Yeah. So that goes without saying, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, In order to, to have a pension, like I said, and that's one reason why I got them to open up the cleaners' job so that they can continue... To work, in money. And contribute to your pension. Yeah. Right. You keep a pass in your pocket. That pass is ultimately important. Yeah. You know, a lot of people drive, but the people that don't, that pass is like gold. So when they was laid off, their passes was invalid? You were... Laid off Oh wow. <laughs> See the difference between station agents and bus drivers Bus drivers were told they were laid off But they were furloughed Because we gave up everything When we went down there To PS248 we gave up everything Our uniforms Any literature that we had Our pass and our badge Yeah I remember because I, I got a friend Who was a station agent that got
0: laid off She's a supervisor now in stations But uh yeah, I remember her telling me they had, to, they had to turn in everything. I said, what? Back then, I was like, wow, that's it was blowing my mind. So let me ask you a question about the between the layoff and the
1: demotion. So you trying to say prior to 2010, like I'm a conductor. If I messed up, they would have demoted me to a station, a station agent? Yeah. It was never a cleaner before 2010?
2: If it was, it was rare. We were the dumping ground. We demoted to cleaner. Everybody else demoted to us. Mm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, why because
0: would they
1: demote you to, to mess with money? <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Well, it depends on exactly what your infraction was. Because not everybody is demoted because of discipline. If you have health reasons that you cannot perform your duties, yeah. then that's a medical demotion. It's not a demotion. It's a reclassification. Yeah. So we have people reclass to our department. You know like i said we were the dumping ground right that's just like in buses um again the dumping ground for
0: medical reclasses was property protection okay and in and as far as discipline the dumping ground was cleaner so
1: all right because you got you got dumped to a cleaner but you map store though i'm map store yeah so do you think that's the difference
0: uh because you think do you think that they could have dumped you somewhere else no they couldn't because i am map store oh okay. they couldn't dump me to be a cta because again at that time way back then that was uh again that was it was civil service back then back in 2001 2002 so oh yeah so, could, yeah, yeah so it, they couldn't do it yes you, yes so you know they couldn't do that you know any
1: ta bus drivers that got demoted what they got demoted to Oh, I'm sure there's plenty.
0: I mean, again, they got demoted to... Uh, cleaners, too? Cleaners, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let
2: me ask you a question. Was that before bus consolidation? Yes. Exactly. Because when you had bus consolidation, what you had was TA merging with OA. So now those those classifications are no longer as broad as they were. So now you can do that. Yeah, now they can do that, yeah. I mean,
0: even though everybody who I still see gets demoted... In Map Store, they end up in a Map Store depot. But, yeah, you know, they end up in a Map Store garage, you know. But lately, they've had a few cleaners who they've tried to... It's it's something that they... Lately, it, it's been something that they've been trying to experiment with as far as, um, just like what you said, you know, with the consolidation, they can send these cleaners anywhere and to do anything, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But basically... I'm an, you know, like, you know, I'm an original map store person. I'm the last, I'm the last of the Mohegans as you call it. So that's what I mean by say I'm away. I couldn't go anywhere else, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, right, that's cool.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So you was um, a union rep from what years?
2: No, I've only been a vice president. Yeah, okay, from what years? From 10,000, to two thousand two thousand ten. 000, 10 I mean, 2000. <laughs> <laughs> 2010. Now
1: you, now, you said you was a dinosaur, <laughs> but <now. laughs>
2: from 2010 to the end of 2015
1: okay so you you obviously ran against Derek Echeverra
2: in the last election I did
1: and what's your thoughts on on Echeverra his job that he's doing now
2: I can only go by what I hear and my mom always told me if I don't have nothing nice to say you hear crickets
1: (laughs) we got crickets too oh oh yeah we got crickets (laughs) okay cool (laughs) Word up! <laughs> I leave it like that.
0: You know, um, we have to get Echevera up here. Yeah, well, hell, I mean, if he speaks with Joe Bermudez, and he ain't coming up here. Yeah, he ain't coming up here. You know. So, sure. so why do you think you didn't get reelected?
2: One, I ran as an independent, and it's almost impossible for independents to get elected. That's well, just the the nature of the beast.
1: Yeah. Know? Well, Crystal Young, she ran independent.
2: That's why I said almost impossible. <laughs> almost impossible, right? She ran,
1: she ran as a black female too.
0: Yeah. So, so anything, she had all types of odds against her. Right, so anything is possible. Because definitely in buses that's how it is. When you run in these depots, you know, again, you could get more numbers independently. You could beat you know, you could beat out the incumbent, but the incumbents usually always win because of the slate. So it's the slate that's always it's the slate that always carries people.
2: Yeah. Well in reality, right, you don't get voted in, you get voted out. So if you have an administration that hasn't incurred that much disfavor, you're not going to get voted in. That's just the way it is, historically. Yeah. You know, but history is liable to change from current events.
0: <laughs> current events. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, um, yeah, this, you know, you're talking about a serious status quo. You know, now let me ask you something. Um, I want everybody to know how long have you been on a job?
2: About 34, 35 years. So since 1981.
0: 81. Wow. What was the system like back then?
2: <laughs> oh, man, it was beautiful. You know, it, it was a kind of gentleness. You know, the way we carried ourselves, the way we thought about the job, we were all happy to be here. You know, um, there was no demoralization. We was just happy. You know, I was, I was a kid when I came on this job. You know, and when I got the job, my family said, oh, yeah, we work for Transit. Never once did one of them get up at 10 o'clock at night to come out in the snow. To come out in the snow with, <laughs> and, and be in the booth with you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially
0: the way the system looked back then, back in those days. Well, right?
2: you know, that was the beginning of the crack wars. And I call it the crack wars because you had a high-profile jug trade going on. And when I came on the station, I knew who had the best that night because their caps were in the drain. So, whatever color it was, I knew what team had it. And so, this week it was the red. <laughs> next week it might be the green. Then I saw the blue. You know, and it, it was a different environment because I worked at night. So, when they made that record, the freaks come out that night, they weren't lying. <laughs> they weren't lying. Well, why you
1: decide to run it, um, independent?
2: That's a good question. Um, we had a vote. And it was for who would be the best leader in our department. Out of who? Me and Derek Echeverria. Okay. And um, I can put my record up against what he's done so far and let you decide for yourself who was a better candidate. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so if you want to know some of the things I've done.
1: Yes, why not? That's, what, that's why you're here. That's Great. exactly. <laughs>
2: so let's look at one of the things that I've done that had never been done in my department before. Stations Department has always been a stepchild. Of the entire authority and that's within the union and within management even though we're the face of the authority we've always been looked at like we were the bottom of the shoe there was no respect with our department so coming into office it was my design my desire to change that to change the people the way people perceived us because for one this union was started by somebody from my department my quill was a station agent okay mm-hmm. so how could you possibly look down upon my department maybe it's because the people who led us led us astray that's just my perspective yeah but I wanted to change that so one of the things I did coming in was to make sure that we had a location basically on the shop floor which was a station for us our shop is the station we've never had that where somebody can call directly from the booth and get contact with their union leadership Okay. and notice why I said union leadership I'm not saying union because no matter who you are no matter when you came into here your union so I don't use that term when I'm speaking on the leadership calling them the union because the governing body is our membership correct and we dictate our leadership and once our leaders don't adhere to our dictates Get replaced. Well, that seemed like a thing of the past. I don't think
1: that's that's how it works now.
2: No, periodically it does. What happens is right now you don't have enough dissension to make that possible. When you do have a lot of dissension, you have a high voter turnout. We haven't had a a high voter turnout since when? 2010 when we first came in. Mm -hmm. So you look at that, and once people get incensed and they get upset, and they feel that this current administration isn't serving their needs then they'll take action and the only way they can do that is being informed yeah you know and it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't and that's the true test of a leader how much you've contributed to your membership to have them believe in you
1: yeah yeah that's that's i mean even though i i, I have a different philosophy on that i think that um it's about popularity now, and who you convince and who is your friend. It's not about who's handling the issues, because I believe that certain people wouldn't have got voted in if it was about the issues. Well, because you, somebody like you coming coming in, and you you talk very well. That's what I understand. A lot of these guys come here, so you, you speak, we speak to y'all. Y'all talk well, y'all very intelligent, y'all know the job, but y'all not in no more so what ha- what really happened is it about the issues or is it about who you friends with and who you could convince to vote for
2: you well it's a popularity contest you know and, and the politics are played not just on the, the shop floor but it's played up in the hall too yeah without a okay, doubt okay so my my thing is i've always been focused not on the politics but serving the people and in a way i neglected the politics I didn't pay attention to the politics because I had too many things going on trying to save my people. Mm-hmm. So I was naive to thinking that the politics would play out for itself as long as I'm servicing the people. I would have thought that, too. <laughs> but this is bizarro land, man. It don't work like <laughs> but, that. But,
1: but I would have thought that, too. If you're taking care of the people, the people vote for you, not the politics. Right. <laughs>
2: but then you have to understand the culture down here. You know how many people said, oh, yeah, you didn't get elected? yeah did you vote oh i thought you was gonna win
1: (laughs) and you know it's crazy i I do the same thing with my my um clothing company is that people always ask me how good you doing and i always ask them well did you buy something (laughs) did you (laughs) you know what i'm saying i'm doing good my clothing is selling
0: but did you buy something right it's basic (laughs) it's basically subliminally subliminally your way of saying well listen don't worry about everybody else don't worry about how the business is going if you like if 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 you if they like what you selling go ahead and buy it don't play worry about a, everybody play else part. and it's the same thing play with, a, with, with, it's with a, the voting exactly it's just
1: that people think oh maurice got it i don't need to vote for him he got this in the bag no i don't got it in the bag right that's why i need you as an individual to help but this is a black people thing
2: Exactly, you know, what exactly. I'm saying. it's a culture yeah. thing. Yeah. Culture, yeah. yeah, and
0: you know what I wanted to ask you is, um, how do you think you got elected back in
2: twenty ten when you got elected? You don't get voted in; you get voted out. People just weren't happy with their current administration. I mean, think about it. If you look at my department, I'm potentially the first vice president. Who's never served office? The only office I ever held was vice president. So you basically came in from from the shop floor. Guns blazing, <laughs> yeah. you know, because when I came in, they were going to institute something that they had been trying for a few years. Two thousand eight, they came to us and told us that we're going to have mass blue closings and it's going to lead to layoffs. And we came before the administration at that time, and they said, well. They're just bluffing because we're coming up with a contract. So what I did personally, and me and my group, we got together, and we leafleted all those stations in our areas that were going to be closed. I even held the protest rally on 125th Street because I live in Harlem. I had to do that myself, so the turnout wasn't great. I'm not going to front because we didn't have the resources or the backing of our organization of our leadership so people saw the effort that we were putting out and they weren't happy with the amount of response that we had from our leadership and assisting us with our deal and they showed their displeasure okay now let me ask you you
1: started in basically 1981 yeah. so you came in on the tail end of the 1980 strike yeah and you like you was definitely here for the 2005 strike so you wanted a few guests that could tell us the morale from both strikes and how the members were and and you know because a lot of people wasn't happy with the 2005 strike i don't know much about the um the 1980 strike but maybe you could tell us a little bit about the 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 morale of the of the the members and during the 1980 strike and tell us your opinion on the 2005 strike?
2: I don't think there was as much dissension in '80 as it was in 2005, because you have to remember we got significant gains out of that strike. Although that strike was two weeks long, we got a cost of living raise. Okay. We got significant wage increases. We got job rule changes. So we got a lot out of that contract. And um, I was speaking with Jamel, and I was telling him the significance of getting significant gains out of a contract that you have a strike for okay because in preceding contracts the contracts that come after that the negotiation process is give and take so if you've gotten significant gains now you can negotiate and give certain things back so that you can get what is underlying for every member and that's wage increases okay because we look at three things wages pensions and benefits pensions Pensionable income That's legislative Okay So like Roger said We can Talk about it And then go before Legislature To get Certain changes enacted But majority of that Is done up in Albany However Wages And benefits Is done On this level And work rules Exactly yeah. Exactly So The work rule changes Mainly as a divisional aspect Of yeah. what we do Yeah Okay that's not a main table Main table didn't is basically wages and benefits you know so and that's that's our health benefits and so on yeah so we got significant increases in all those areas however in the preceding years some of that was given back we lost that cola and that was sweet I was getting paid every three months so what is cola? cost of living allowance okay so yeah that was a big thing how we lose that? that's a I wasn't active at that point. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, I just knew it was gone. You know, we were getting paid every week.
1: Yeah, did I mention that to you? You knew we was getting paid every week at one time, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, you know what? It was because of the um, the seventy thirty thing. The seventy thirty mentioned something about weekly. So I was trying to figure out when will when was we getting paid every week. Because the 70-30 was affecting weekly, not bi-weekly. Yeah.
0: Um, Willie James, that was given up under Willie James in 1996. Do yeah. you agree with seventy
1: thirty?
2: Do I agree with it? The extortion plan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Let's look at 70-30, right? It's not for me to dictate what somebody's livelihood is. I don't know what their financial situation is correct all right so that 70 30 thing was was really devised to not hurt our membership however that's not how it worked out because i think since the authority does get some type of benefit from the extortion plan they push leverage for the extortion plan and if it wasn't in place it might be different like and this is this is something that a lot of people won't agree with me on but on the record only, which is basically about a time in attendance. The problem with on the record only is it doesn't hurt. So you have people who do multiple offenses because it's on the record only. However, five days is on the record. Ten days is on the record. Fifteen, twenty, thirty in a final is on the record. However, dismissal is on your ass. <laughs>
1: basically, yeah.
2: There's no getting out of dismissal. I can't tell you how many people came to us at this time where we've gotten you off time and time again because you don't think it's serious, but now it's ultimately serious. Yeah. But if you had given up money at the five day or at the 10 day, that loss of revenue would be significant and it would change your behavior. Correct. You know, discipline in its true context is about not oppression. It's not supposed to be about oppression Even though it is It's about correction
1: There's no corrective There's no corrective discipline here And I that's, the, it's problem. Punitive? that's it's, the problem it's,
0: it, 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 it's punitive and it's monetary And the thing And the thing that I You know I preach this to Trammell, um, As far as the 70-30 is concerned And I even talk this talk to members Out there you know when I'm on the road When the conversation comes up Is that the 70-30 Listen When it comes to you know, just like you said, I can't dictate what people's um, personal financial, um, you know, how people's financial aspects look in their in their household, how the outlook looks. But at the same, I wouldn't encourage people to take that seventy thirty because again, you're giving back an excessive amount of money to the authority. And then number two, that discipline is still can be used progressively even though you're paying back a fine which is very cheesy. And then number 3, you might as well take the suspension and I and I say this for myself personally because it's bad time, but when you make it up on the end, you're making it up at a higher rate of, at a higher rate of pay. Because let's say you get a let's say you get a 20 day suspension right now at a, as a conductor making $30 an hour, okay? So let's just say um, you know, you go to retire fifteen years from now, and the hourly rate is let's say forty five or fifty dollars an hour. But think about it; you're making up that bad time, whatever you have, at forty five or fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, which, think about it. Well, which that's one money. thing to
2: think about if you don't have a mortgage to pay and it, you can't afford to be out for five <laughs> weeks. Ex- exactly. <laughs> well, well,
0: like I said, I can't dictate what nobody's financial house looks like, you know. But if you can do it, go ahead, you know go ahead and stay out and make and, and make more money. You See, know. I, now.
1: You mentioned that, you know, 70-30 could work both ways. And I think the MTA tried to make it seem like, well, it's more beneficial to you than me. No, you have to make the service. So I think that if the MTA decides to say, you know what, no more 70-30, straight suspensions, it's going to be a lot of ABDs. It's going to be a lot of drop trips. Trains and buses is not going to be going out because they go finally see how detrimental their own, their own discipline system is
2: as far as the discipline system, I think that, you know, overall, we need to have more interaction out in the field. Things shouldn't get down to too broadway. A lot of the cases that come down to too broadway are things that could have been settled out on the road. Well, they break their own policy. And I don't, I don't understand how they allow
1: that to happen. It's something called command discipline, where if it's, if it's less than five days, it could be handled in-house. But how do we know what's, how many days is what? When we go down there, y'all make, throw all types of numbers. People first incidents is 20 days. What, are
2: you, what, are, you, what are, you, where are you getting these numbers from? Well, a lot of that is they're magicians. So they come up with these numbers. But the thing is, um, progressive discipline is exact in the way it's supposed to be done. You know, so sometimes if we have to spend that extra money, we have to go to arbitration on it. The thing is, we shouldn't hear any case if it's out of, if it's out of context or if it's out of progression. We shouldn't hear these cases, and that's the problem because if we send everything to arbitration and everything gets backlogged, that works against us in some cases when they pull a person out of service and that person is out of work. So we have to temper the way we do discipline and the way we, we combat it because at the end of the day, we're here to help our members, not to hurt them. Well, how long can a person be
1: out of work? That, cause That's pre, pre-suspension that you're talking about, correct? Yeah. How long can they be out of work for?
0: Um contractually no more than 60 days no or the, no, no more than 30 days
2: no. well that depends because there's a provision in there that they have to do an investigation and there's no time limit on the investigation yeah but, oh, okay. but and that's the language that we have to
1: change but this this is the thing too the law states see this is what i try to tell people with the law the mta must meet the law at its lowest threshold it could exceed the law but you can't undermine it Pre, pre-suspension only supposed to last 30 days suspension after found guilty after everything could last up to 60 days. So they have to figure it out within 30 days. And if they don't figure it out within 30 days, they got to put the person back and pay them back full pay. And the only money the people got to put back because if they pre-suspend me, I'm going for unemployment. Bottom line, I'm out of work. I'm not making no money, put me unemployment. When the MTA give the employee back their money, the person just got to pay back the, the unemployment and the taxes.
2: That's been done before.
1: You know what I mean? So it's only 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's how I understand how the MTA is getting away with this, this murder. And the reason I say 70-30 is, a, is illegal because according to the um, civil service law, they're supposed to do one or the other. There's five ways they can handle you as an employee. It's reprimand, suspension, fine, demotion, dismissal. And it's not and or. It's or. So it's either you go reprimand me or you go find me or you're going to suspend me or because you can't be fired and suspended at the same time.
2: <laughs> so so then 7030 is essentially a fine.
1: That's what I've been saying this whole time. So now the, the law on the fine is the fine must not exceed more than one hundred dollars. Once okay. again, we are civil. We, we are civil servants. And we're not millionaires. We don't work in corporate America where we get bonuses and and all this other stuff. They already know that we don't make a lot of money. If the fine, if the law says that the fine is not supposed to exceed more than a hundred dollars, then who came up with the thirty percent and making that legit? You know what I'm saying? It's not supposed to exceed more than a hundred dollars.
2: Well, I don't know what year that was contractually put into our contract, but it need to be contested because right, even okay. if it happened.
1: In the 70s, before the law was enacted. Now the law is here, just like how FMLA, it wasn't there in prior years. But when it came on the scene, the companies had to adjust. Definitely. They had to adjust. The MTA, I don't believe, adjusted on everything. All right, you can find us, but follow the law. You can't find us more than $100. Now the argument, if it goes to court, may be, look, 30% isn't a lot of money. Well, that's subjective. And when things become subjective, what do you
0: do? you either go to the contract or you go to the law and then 30 and then the 30% is different for you know for various titles because you're talking about 30% of somebody's gross so somebody who's killing it you know let's just say a bus driver who's killing it who picks 72 hours which is the max you know they're bringing home uh you know their gross at approximately right now with the rate approximately 4000 4, and change in a check when they pick 72 hours. So imagine 30% of that.
2: I don't think they can go by run pay. They have to go by base pay. They have to go by base oh, yeah, pay? Yeah, 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 they gotta yeah. go by base pay.
1: Yeah, I, You sure that it's not 30% of your um, base pay? Oh, it's, it's 30% of your base pay? Yeah,
2: because it has to be fair across the board w- with the charges. Oh, okay. So if I give you five days in the street, that's five days, okay? So that wouldn't be your run pay. Because your run pay is extra. It just happens that you won't be getting the extra, but they can't charge you that run pay, so if they're going to charge you thirty percent, it has to be at the base okay well okay now
1: but but still in all it's it's illegal because I think thirty percent is is absurd, you know what I'm saying i'm and somebody'd be like, oh no that's not nothing well, maybe my union rep at the time wasn't competent because I feel thirty percent is too much at what percentage do you think that it becomes incompetency because that would be my challenge. Is fifty percent is is because you're not really getting. It's not. Bless se, you. It's not seventy thirty. It's 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 forty. It's forty sixty. If the government taking thirty percent, then you got the MTA taking thirty percent. How much are you really left with?
2: You know, if if we go back to how this came into to being, right? It's because a lot of people were disciplined and put in the street, so. It created a hardship and this was a way to curtail that hardship for those people who live check to check you know and and that's one of the harsh realities that we face that a lot of people trying to live the american dream are living paycheck to paycheck and if they get hit like this it'll be a devastating
1: without w- w- without a doubt i totally agree with that but
2: you could find us that's
1: cool but follow the law no more than a hundred dollars
2: well, that's something to push yeah yeah and and,
1: and and i wouldn't totally take it out now yeah. It could be a bonus for us because we ain't got to take it out the contract. In fact, y'all was robbing our members all these years. Y'all going to have to pay that money back.
2: Well, the thing that I believe in, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You look at things and you try to prove upon them. That's our goal. You know, you don't want to eliminate something that has a potential to be yeah. saving. Yeah. in the- Yeah, we don't want
1: to eliminate, but we want to say, all right, fine. You can fine us, but not more than a $100.
2: So we want to enhance it.
1: Yeah. So, so. we, we got to meet the law at the, at its lowest threshold because right now you just undermining the law. we go going to find y'all
0: 30%. We don't care what it is. Exactly. Because just like the, up, you know, I keep, uh, I know it's redundant <laughs> for me, but the upcoming law with childcare and, and paternity, paternity, where by 2021 or whatever it is, they have to, um, it'll be a state law to where everybody gets 12 weeks leave whenever they have a baby. At six, and they're paid 67%. Now, basically, again, just like Tremel said, the MTA is going to, when the time comes, is going to have to meet that threshold legally by law to give everybody 67%. Now, what our union could do is they could negotiate it where our members get
2: 100%. Why not? At a minimum seventy five. Yeah. A minimum seventy five, yeah. right. But
0: I say a hundred percent because yeah. they could afford that. You're not yeah. talking about all thirty something thousand members are gonna go get somebody pregnant. Like, yeah. you yeah. know. Well yeah.
2: we go after a hundred and we it's just like have you ever gone to Delancey Street? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay, there, so yeah. yeah, so you know you got money in every pocket, yeah. right? <laughs> and that's the way negotiations are done. Yeah. You know, we come because we want to sell them on something. Our labor. They come because they want to buy it as cheaply as possible. So we say we can't do it but for so much and they say we only got this much. Then we come back and say well we can only do it for so much and they come back and say we only got this much and we try to meet in the middle. The problem is we haven't met in the middle in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Now let
1: me explain something with that. Like what you said. What is it? 67%? Something like that?
0: 67,
2: yeah. Now picture
1: if the MTA be like all right, we respect that. But if you have a second child we only go approve you for 30%. (laughs)
0: You see, that's funny. (laughs) Now, look. Right, exactly. Now, look.
1: What's the difference between that and Mm 70-30? The law says this, but if you have a second child, if you just happen to have a second child, the law don't say how many kids. But I'm telling you, if you have a second child, we only go cover you for 30%. And somebody agrees to that. You know what? They right. We shouldn't be having kids crazy on a job like this. Exactly. And then somebody like me come along and say, hold up. The law says this. What is they talking about?
2: That's how change occurs. Exactly. You know, somebody had to negotiate this into the contract. Maybe when they negotiated it, they didn't envision this. Exactly. So now you come with the vision. Yeah. Exactly. So now you have to bring that in, that vision into life. Yeah. Right.
0: And see, I told just like I told Trammell, um, you know, to piggyback off of that. Before that, you know, past presidents, past administrations, in decades past, they really haven't. Um, Again, see, you know, when you talk about the, the 70s going backwards, you're talking about, again, women, first of all, women weren't on the job. Then you're talking about men were the breadwinners. Then you're talking about um, basically, so basically, and then you're talking about a generation of people where the blacks who were here on the job, they were from, the majority of them were from the south. Then you're talking about the the you know of course the Irish and Italians a lot of them immigrated here and got this and got these jobs so you're talking about people that had they they didn't have moms to run home to or they didn't have you know it's not like our generation now to where listen guys lose their job they be like all right, fuck it I go back home and live with moms or I got or or or, or somebody somebody's around for them to fall to fall back on but when you're talking about a generation of people that. They didn't have that to fall back on. So they had to come hard and make make sure that the union, you know, and make sure that the members had the serious gains and make sure the members made money and and all of that good stuff. But then also, when I talk about a generational thing, again, you're talking about older guys that didn't have that same vision that Tramiel and myself have now in our 30s going, you know, right now going forward. We see more what this generation needs versus the older generations willie james i mean i'm not talking bad about them but they didn't see that they looked out for their own they did they're like okay yeah we'll institute seventy thirty. 30 so what let these members go ahead and pay it let them deal with it later on which is which is what a lot of which is what they did that was their attitude with a lot of things that was in the contract but you know in fairness to them they ain't have to deal with gentrification
1: they ain't have to deal with the things that we dealing with now. We we they During those times, the transit workers owned the houses. They right. were able to afford the, to to work and live in the neighborhoods. Oh, of, now, course,
0: of course. I mean, listen. We but can't. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, we can't. You're right. But we, listen, again, this is our modern day struggle. This is our modern day um, hurdle yeah. that we have. But they had their hurdles. Yeah. Trust me. They had their hurdles. Don't think it was sweet. I mean, their hurdles were food. massive.
2: The hurdles let's were met, ma- yeah. Let's look at the, the living conditions, the working conditions that we exist on There now, right? The only place we had air conditioning was in the booths, mm-hmm. all right? Um, air conditioning was unheard of. We just had fans. We worked it out. We was, and I tell people, our ancestors are stronger than our greatest athletes today. Take an athlete and put them in the cotton field and have them pick for a week and see what happens to them. We're not as strong as we used to be because technology has given us and afforded us the ability to be comfortable and, and lazy and lazier. That's well, right. you, I say comfortable.
1: You, you, know what you mean? look at something as simple as the remote. <laughs> exactly, I was the remote. <laughs>
0: exactly, <laughs> or your right. kids
2: was. That's yeah, the, I'm, I'm <laughs> talking about when I was growing <laughs> oh, up. Yeah, I was the right. remote. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yo, change that channel. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
0: even and even these kids now. These ki- what do these kids have now that we didn't? That even me and you didn't have? We into again the internet basically they don't have to go outside but we used to come outside in a blazing heat you know around all day yeah. drink water out of fire hydrant drink, exactly yeah, water exactly. out of fire hydrant exactly. and the quarter, quarter waters and <laughs> all of that stuff so yeah. that's what i mean but i say yo it's a difference in the generation yeah, yeah you know but the gen we we dealing
1: with a lot now the stuff that y'all dealt with you know like a lot of health and safety but like once again when you dealing with economics that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah,
2: most definitely. That's the most biggest,
1: definitely. and we dealing with that. We dealing with we, it, we, right? You, you must got a secret stash somewhere. Your, your house is oldest. You've been living in your house forever to still be living in Harlem because Harlem ain't where they. Man, is, I live know.
2: in the PJs, man. Don't
1: matter. <laughs> the rent, you you paying crazy rent probably. Yeah,
2: and and the reason why I'm staying there because I know they're gonna sell some. I know they're going to sell. They're going to sell. And I'm going to be ready.
1: But but the, you see how crazy it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, listen, right. That's He's telling all. me he live in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means, I'm thinking. Soha. Which project? Soha. Soha. So that's, so
2: that's
0: what they call in uh, Harlem that's now. That's what they call in Harlem It now. ain't Soha. So it ain't Soha. You think <laughs>
2: you want to live here? Soha. <laughs>
0: Wow. You know, like I said, right, you know, these are our hurdles now. I mean, on the job, we have top notch, we have, you know, we have top notch equipment. All the buses got air conditioned. All, you know, the wheelchair lifts, the wheelchair lifts are in the front. So you ain't got to walk to the back like back in the days. Um, all the trains, you got these new tech trains. You ain't got to say nothing. The thing makes it nothing for you. <laughs> so that's what I mean by saying. You know the difference with back in the days where you had that old equipment, so everything was really done manually. But let's think about this: was it for us,
1: or was it for the customers?
2: Well, everything we do is for the customers. Yes, we're last on the yeah, Yeah. of course. You know, however, management is interested in two things: they are interested in availability. They need the employees to be available. So when we look at that, and I'll get to the second thing later. When we look at that and we sell them on any concept, is if you do this for us, then we're going to do this for you. We make a better product because everything is about work. All right. Whenever you do anything down here, the viability of a union is in its ability to do work. But we have a culture. of People sometimes they don't want to work; they just want to get paid. Tell mm. me about it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Tell me about
0: it because there is because there is a number. Of bus operators now All they want to do Is just come to Get their hair done Get haircuts Come in and look cool And drive the bus And that's it Without picking up the people
2: Now the thing with that is Now The main people The main contingent That's for us That defends us Turns against us The rotting public We have to be in unison with Because if we're not Then guess what The authority Is a pseudo-political environment And the masses will control the politics. We have to be a part of the masses. And what the authority does is separate us. Because if there's no unity, there's no power. So they separate us. Anytime we have a contract, you're always going to get the negative publicity out there. That's intentional. Okay, that's always going to be the way things are done. We have to be more proactive than reactive. We know a year ahead of time that this is going to happen. We start putting out... The campaigns that we're good folks we're heroes not only can we shut the system down but we've proven that we can get it up and running we provide you with ex- excellent service so why shouldn't we get excellent pay
1: yeah that's that's very true that's very ex- extremely true especially when the governor tells us oh um, don't come to work nobody don't come to work but the transit authority make sure that we have to come to work and in fact somebody texted me today and said the people who couldn't make it to work during the snowstorm the big snowstorm that the governor told us not to come to the MTA still didn't pay them
2: they hem and haw on that and, and we have to be just diligent in getting it done you know a lot of times Rome wasn't built in a day mm-hmm. and these archaic practices are always been in place but as the Millennials come on they have to learn just like us Dinosaurs learned that it's consistency that prevails. We have to be consistent in our attack on authority.
1: That's true, but you also need the right people to be consistent in attack. You can't have dummies keep going up there and getting rejected. You still have people who need who have the proper knowledge to fight these things.
2: Well, when you talk about politics, right, that's a shell game. Um, I've seen many times where... We go up there to get bills passed, and the Assembly would pass it this year. The Senate would turn it down. The next year, guess what? The Senate passes it. So now we're like, okay, good. The Senate passed it. It's a done deal because now we know we got it in the Assembly last year. And guess what? Now the Assembly doesn't. So they play that shell game. And in the meantime, they keep the hand out. Mm-hmm. So the objective is that is for us to be politically proactive and decide on who gets elected by having our influence out in the neighborhoods that we live in. Yeah. And getting our people out and have it known that we can get you elected or we can get you out on the street. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you service our needs. Yeah. Because you're a politician, you're supposed to service our needs, not lip sync.
1: And that's all they seem to do mm-hmm. <laughs> is lip sync. But we, we, we deterred off of the, the main question, the 2005 strike. Okay. Um, like you said, it was, um, it was a lot of dissension.
2: Right. There was a lot of dissension. And overall, it's because, you know, maybe there wasn't enough information disseminated to the members. Like I said, when we were walking around, you can go to a strike captain and ask them one simple question. Why are we here? Simple enough, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you get an answer? We're here because we're supposed to be.
1: Why? Let let me ask you, why didn't nobody go to the E-board member? Because it's not like the president say, we striking and that's it. The E-board have to vote on it. The, the people on the e-board should have had a clarity as to why they were striking.
2: They should have. Um, when we got our strike edict, it, um, it was at the mass membership meeting. 4,000 people were there. The problem with a mass membership meeting making a decision like that, we had 38,000 members. 4,000 members shouldn't be the determining factor in what actions we take because then you got 34,000 members to feel that they didn't have a party in that. And that this was done without their say.
1: Well, in defense of that, was all 34,000 mem- 34, members working during that time? Because for something important as that, you should get yourself down there.
2: Well, you're talking about, you know, two-thirds of the members being available or not available. All right. so That's a, that's a, huge, it's a huge portion number. for something that's yeah. so important.
1: So you figure whoever's there, they made it their business and it's important to them. You know what I'm saying because even when you look at you look at something like that, then you look at the voting the the, the voting of the last election, there wasn't no reason why um people didn't vote. It's only six thousand people um in bad standing. The rest is in good standing. there's no reason why
2: oh, there's a big reason why it's called culture
1: no I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. besides our culture, there's no other reason why. So if 4,000 people came and they decided to do whatever and judge it off of that, then so be it. Because you, you must understand who we are and be like, you know what? People just don't care. People don't, parents don't go to open school night. We don't turn out for voting. We, don't, we, don't, we only seem to only want to vote for presidents and mayors. We don't think about councilmen, assemblymen. We don't. We don't think about judges. We don't think about any of that stuff. You don't think about senators and Congress people. Yeah. yeah, we don't think about the little stuff. And yeah.
2: How about district leaders? Yeah. Who even knows what a district leader does?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, even those type of things. So, like you said, it's a it's a culture thing. But you can't wait for the sleep to wake up. You got to move without them sometime.
2: True. True. But in the meantime, the backlash that occurs behind that, we have to be ready to accept that too. Yeah. You and know, cuz that's inevitable.
1: The only time us as a culture we pay attention to anything is when our pay is getting affected. When our pay is get that day I never forget. <laughs> I know when, what you going to say? When yeah. MCU took an extra day to deposit those those checks. <laughs> you remember
0: that? <laughs> yeah, man.
1: That was man. let me tell you something. I've been promoting progressive action crazy. That's the only time the people woke up is when their money was affected.
2: We got a ton of calls. A ton of calls. <laughs> hey, I'm not in control of that. What you want? That's not a contractual issue. But you see, they was calling you, right? They <laughs> like no tomorrow. You calls.
1: People you probably never even spoke you'd, to you'd, before. You'd have thought it was a telethon. Jerry <laughs> Lewis
2: telethon. <laughs> I had to look in my pocket see if I was giving something away. Yeah. Because that's exactly how them calls came in. Like they was getting something. Mm-hmm. And everybody was upset. But the thing is, um, this is something that we had no control over. So... The things that we can control, by all means. If I do something wrong, beat me in the head. But those things I have no control over. I can only have apathy and sympathy for you, but it's nothing else I can do about that one. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that,
1: that's
0: crazy. It is amazing, yeah. It really is, you know. And you know, the 2005, the 2005 strike. Um, of course, I don't know anything about the 1980 strike, you know. I just know the facts of what I read on paper, but the 2005 strike was, um, you know, it was a cold day. Uh, and basically the issues, you know, I felt good about being on the picket line. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel bad or I didn't feel that like we were being sold out like a lot of people were saying, you know, because, um, of course at the time I felt good about Roger, you know, leading the pack. and. Um, so basically, I was like, "Wow, you know, basically, you it, it always do was for the unborn," but people were like, "Oh, for the unborn? What are you worried about the unborn for? Let them, let them fight for themselves." And that was a lot of people's attitude: let the unborn fend for themselves. Let people like you, Tramel, deal with it. You know, deal with it when they get here. Yeah. But now, look, we're here, and people and people are crying. People wish that it's like now. People wish, oh, damn, you know. Where's Roger? You know they, in other words, you have people that would love to see him come back, you know what I'm saying? But they were brainwashed all the time to say, "Yeah, he sold us out and all of the craziness. So that's what I mean say, you know, it's about the mental, you know, it's all about the mental mind at the end of the day and what you believe and you know, whether or not you're gullible or not. What, you know? what part of the 2005 strike you disagree
1: with the most.:
2: The dissemination of information. We what did you
1: what did you find out? I you went on strike. What did you find out? Once you find out which I went on strike for, or which I didn't go on strike for, what part of that did you disagree with personally?
2: As a regular member, to say that we sacrificed what we sacrificed and came back with what we had, it didn't look like it was worth it. And I think that's a consensus among a lot of people. And. From listening to Roger and listening to Steve, I see that that perspective may be not accurate on both sides. There was was a little bit about both arguments that were prevalent. You know, some of the reasons that Roger gave. He didn't give, at least I didn't hear those reasons before we went out. Okay, and coming back, we're looking at the same amount and, and as regular people, we're looking at wage increases more than anything. The wage increase seemed to be the same. The only thing that was different was that 1.5. And it wasn't really explained thoroughly enough, I feel, in my own perspective, that it would be really beneficial to have accepted that type of contract when we could have stayed out longer, and we should have stayed out longer until we got what we wanted.
1: All right. So what – we got a contract coming up in January. Right? How much of a raise would you expect? Because Sam Houston is quoted as saying he's not ruling out a strike, but he's being so we don't even know what's going on. Like I said, he's not organizing, he's not mobilizing the members now, which I have a problem with right now. So whatever he tell me later, I'm not gonna be comfortable with because I'm not gonna make a decision like that. We talking once again. We talking about seventy thirty saving people. We can't afford. Another strike, and people, like you said, they got mortgages, they got this, they got that. So, like I said, contract is due January 19th. What are you
2: expecting out of this next contract? Being that I'm not there, my expectations as a as a member?: No no,
1: that's what I'm talking about as a member.
2: Right. So my expectations as a member, I'd have to look at all the economic factors, being that I know that that's what goes into play. All right, so you're talking threes along the board. I'd have to see what the economy dictates to see if that's favorable for me. You know, we, we need to have a wage increase that essentially keeps up with the cost of living.
1: Correct. And wh- how much you think that is?
2: I haven't looked at the last parameters. I, I can't be honest. I think um, the cost of living now might be 3.2 or something like that, maybe a little bit higher. I'm not sure. What, 3, 3.2% of a raise we should get? If that's what the cost of living, right, the parameters that it goes up is, then I wouldn't be I would be unhappy with that. I would want more. We always want more. But I don't want any type of wage increase that goes below the cost of living. Now, this is this is
1: the part I disagree with. I, dis, I agree with you on the cost of living. But even if they do give us the cost of living raise, we're still behind. So you're not closing no gap. We actually have to meet that dollar amount the cost of living is and then keep up after that you can't if you if, if, a, if a rate if a car's doing 30 miles per hour and they started uh 20 seconds ahead of you right and you do t- you do you do 20 miles per hour also are you catching them are you closing the gap what are you doing
2: who has more gas
1: well somebody but we talking economics yes so there's nothing running out of gas there you know what but,
2: but the point I'm making here is that this is something that's going on for quite a long time. There's been quite a few contracts that hasn't kept up with the cost of living. Right? So how do we propose a plan to get past that? Because if you remember we talked earlier about how negotiating is about like going down to the Lancey Street. So what would we give up for these advancements? We have to have something to give up. What are we gonna give up? And we're always talking about no givebacks because we have nothing left. Okay? So what essentially do we go in here demanding? Because you have to negotiate from a position of strength in order to get anything. Like Frederick Douglass said, power concedes nothing without a demand. So how do we go in there with the ability to demand that we go past the cost of living?
1: Well, let let me tell you this. From 19, probably from when you came on board, right? They always confuse us with these percentages. When you came on, how much you made an hour? Wow. I don't even remember.
2: It had to be about maybe $10. $10 an hour? Yeah.
1: Well, I want you to think about it like this. You ain't get more than a dollar a raise, a year raise. Think about it. I don't care what contract it was. You you count from, you should be at least, you said you made like $10 in 1981? It's 35 years later. You should be at least at $45. You didn't achieve at least a dollar a year raise. Don't get caught up in the percentages. That's just the confused.
2: But but my thing is this, right? Then that's the fault of every president before this one and maybe after this one. How do we catch up and how do we evolve? Because mistakes were made, right? Two types of change, evolutionary, revolutionary, Mm -hmm. right? So in order for us to have a revolutionary change, then we have to commit to a revolutionary action. And for us, that's a strike. And we can't we can't legally? Well, legally we can. It's just that when we do, we get punished for it. Big time. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You know, for every day we're out, we have to give a day back. So that's two for one, that's like I was telling you. Right. And also, the biggest determinant for us striking is... The elimination of our dues checkoff. Check
1: off. Yeah, yeah, that's the cripples.
2: Yes, yes, that's the, and that's what makes it almost illegal because it stops our ability to organize.
0: Yeah, right. And 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 then again, when you talk about the difference in the generation, you didn't always have dues checkoff on this job. I don't know if they, I don't know if they had it back when you started, but I know definitely prior to your, prior to thirty five years ago, they didn't have it. Members paid members paid on they, on their own. The union dues So that's what I mean They say That's the difference In the generation I wouldn't I don't trust these well, I don't trust our co-workers well. now To pay on their own Because yeah, if you got members Still in <laughs> bad standing From 2005 Then shit You know what I'm saying What makes you think They're going to pay union dues now Well
1: I believe The morale is so low And the trust in the union Yeah Is that people People aren't going to pay Union leadership Yeah Now Like like Picture like now Picture this You did get a dollar raise You would have been at least Like $45 an hour We'll be keeping up with the cost of living. Of course. A lot of people will be staying in the city to live. Because we got we, we became refugees. We've been move we move into Connecticut, upstate, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Poconos,
0: wherever. And meanwhile, w- with gentrification, you know, a lot of a lot of people are coming here to the city to get away from going to the Poconos and upstate and out in Long Island because our system They'll get to midtown Manhattan to work in the snap of a finger, just like that, and they see that. But now here it is, we're the workers that provide this service, and we got to go elsewhere to live comfortably. Yeah. Now, my thing is this, gentrification is like
1: a cancer, an untreated cancer. It's going to continue to spread. What happens when gentrification goes to Jersey, big time, goes to upstate, New- well, yeah, move, move to these other places Where do we live?
2: Well, when you look at gentrification, right, the assimilation of this country is gentrification. You had the pilgrims come in, right? And they came in humble. They came in on, oh, please help me, Mr. Native American. Show me how to plant. Show me how to hunt. Help me out. So now they get the delay of the land, and now the settlers come in. And right after the settlers come, the army, because now they're going to displace those who are already there. Mm -hmm. Gentrification does that economically. Correct. You know, so they come in, oh, yeah, I like your churches, because that's how they get us. They get us through the church. In Harlem, they had busloads of people coming to the churches. And then they laid out and mapped out the, the property, and then they came and they conquered it financially. That's the way they've always done it. That's the way they're doing it. It's an effective mode of operation for them. Yeah. And like you said, it's going to expand. Just like it expanded in this country, they're just reassimilating the country again. Well, I'm waiting for them. Like Chanel Nicole said,
1: please gentrify my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what, that's what we need. Gentrify my paycheck. Exactly. You know, there really has to be a different way, method of bargaining with these percentages. Because, again, when people see these double digit percentages, and I've had these conversations through the years with the different contracts, to where I said, listen, you know, we should at least get a twenty percent raise over the three years. So people be like, huh, they're having heart attacks like they're for Red Fox." And I'm like, "Listen, that that's not a lot, but they're saying that's a whole lot. No, it's not." And then when I do the compound interest and break it down to them, first of all, a lot of our members don't know about what compound interest is, okay? And then number two, I teach, you know, I always break it down and I teach them how it's. How it's um how it's calculated when we do get our raise with these percentages. So definitely with this current contract here, when it came down what we were getting, this eight percent over five years. I did the math before I even left the house that morning, and I said, "Wow, this is garbage." Well,
1: I this gotta, is garbage. I got an even better idea. I just came with the MTA should give us thirty percent. Okay, thirty percent not enough. Y'all take thirty percent when we mess up. Give us thirty percent raise. Give us thirty percent raise. Exactly. Let's use that term. Let's use that same terminology. It's thirty percent. Oh no, it's not. It's not a lot. So give us that in the raise. You damn near disciplining the whole half of the membership.
2: Right. So it's, how do we extract this blood from the stone? That's the riddle of the Spanx.
1: as far as what exactly? Getting thirty
2: percent out of this
1: stone. That's
2: the well, TA.
1: Well, we pad since you want to do patent bargaining. They talking about patent bargaining. We patent bargain with other transportation agencies. What's that? American Airlines or what? What airlines was that? American Airlines. They just got twenty-two to thirty-something plus percent raises.
2: That'd be a beautiful thing.
0: The fifty-five percent <laughs> raises, depending upon what, uh, yeah, what 55, title? Fifty-five you, percent you, raises. You know, depending upon what department you're in, in there, you know. So basically, uh, again, when you talk about patent bargaining, compare us with other transportation: Long Island Railroad, Metro North. Our razors should be bigger than those. Why? Because we, you know, we carry way more people. And we deal way more. And we deal way more. They don't carry nobody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say they don't carry nobody. Well, when I say look, <laughs> not compared, not compared, to us. knows what I mean. Not, right? so not, not, not they don't carry us. nobody, <laughs> right?
0: I should okay, right? I should say they don't exaggerate care. a little bit. Exactly, yeah.
2: but they don't carry what we carry, and that's what I mean. Let me well, tell you something. The reason why I said that, right? You have to look at the demographic of the people that they do carry. Exactly. Of exactly. And that's why it's like yeah. it's politicians.
0: Like, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's my point. They go. That's they this go to sh- go to work in a white shirt. Try that on New York City Transit. All types of stale dust, (laughs)
2: fingerprints. I mean, one reason why we changed the shirt up in my department was because it was hard to keep clean. So the members complained about it. So, you know, we had to to let management know that you give us $50 a year. That doesn't even clean our shirts. (laughs) All right? Come on. So, you know, we got to change to the blue because... Blue is uniform. Everybody has the same blue shirt. You're talking about us being, you know, a pseudo paramilitary organization. Then we should all have the same uniform. So that's how we got that shirt done. It was a major complaint from every station agent. So, you know, we had to go out and get a change.
1: Well, Sam Houston was also quoted as saying he compared our last race or I forgot. But matter of fact, he comparing Long Island Railroad race. No, 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 no the court offices or something like that not court office but court employees okay i forgot who he used but i'm like why are you patent bargaining with them
2: well from what we were told at that time and you look at um what had happened with the economy when you had these prime mortgages go under and you know foreclosures was rampant and you know the economy was tanking and we had to bail out the banks and you know the people didn't get serviced I i had a problem with that too but um Overall, everybody was crying broke, All right? So, what were we going to get? You know, like um Steve Down said, CSEA and PEF did make those those contract signings that were horrendous. You know, you had three years, four years with no income raises. You had furloughs, and you know, you had other givebacks that was just too extensive, and we couldn't settle for that, and. We, You know, because we patent bargain and maybe that's wrong, but we didn't want a city agency to set the trend of that zeroes. So, you know, with that being the mindset back then, it was to get what we could.
0: You know, and the thing is, right, is basically, you know, I side with on on a lot of this stuff because my thing is this, right? The MTA you are a self-contained authority and y'all get money from the feds. Not as much as they used to, from what I understand, but y'all still get money from the feds. And then again, you still have revenue from Easy Pass, you still have revenue from us, New York City Transit, you still have revenue from Long Island Railroad, Metro North, and you still have real estate income. So my thing is, you don't, even though the market had crashed and everything, and I'm so glad, you know, that contract told a story. You know, that contract, if won an arbitration in 2009, told a story, because I read what those um, Zuccotti and it was a, and whoever else worked on that arbitration award. But basically, they based it on what the, the MTA was able to afford. So that's what I mean. by say, you know, even though there was a, you know, the economy. Fell with the subprime mortgages and everything. Like, listen, with the MTA, all that stuff ain't got to do, ain't got nothing to do with you. Y'all still getting, was still getting paid. So basically, you could still afford to pay your employees. Okay, that's what, I, and that's what I mean when I say that's my big problem. <coughs> excuse me, that's my big problem with this pattern bargaining nonsense because everybody, everybody else is affected by a different beast to a certain extent, to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we make our own money. Exactly. We make our own money.
2: <laughs> but the problem with that is we make huge, horrendous payoffs on bond payments. Okay, they just floated bonds um, last year, the year before last. In another four or five years, those payments are going to be due. In 2010, they owed a billion dollars. That money comes out of the operating fund. And where do our paychecks come from? The operating, operating budget.
1: Well, after every contract, they seem to find books with billions of dollars. So I don't want to hear about money with them. They got the money to pay us.
0: Why, they, is it, why is it right? Why does it have to come out the operating budget, these bonds that they got to pay?
2: Because everything they get from the government goes to capital improvements. Right. And and that provides us with work. Because once they start to show up the, the infrastructure, then that means that our people have more work to do. The more work you do, the more viable you are. If you got more work, you can put more employees on the payroll. So that's one reason why we go to go up to Albany to get these bills enacted so that we can get these capital improvements done. It's a crazy scenario where we actually have to go get the, the employer money so we could get paid. But, you know, that's the that's the beast we work with. You know, that's what I've experienced just seeing it offhand. So just to keep it real, you know. It's it's not a perfect environment, and one reason why I think they float these bond payments is so that they can lower the amount of money that they have available for us when we come around for contracts. Because these bonds that they just floated out here, by the time our next contract comes up, so will those payments come up?
0: What bonds are these? Explain it to the members. What <laughs> what bonds and what is it and what is it that they have to pay and who to, to who?
2: Well. I heard the announcement that they were putting these bonds out. The majority of the people who um, buy these bonds, they get them from brokers, and they're wealthy investors. Okay, so they take this this bond money and they put it into capital because, like you said, the federal government isn't giving them as much as they used to. So they off they offset that by floating these bonds out to even out that money. The problem is, you just raw Peter, and now you're going to pay Paul. Peter's hungry and we're Peter so by taking money out of the operating budget to pay off these bonds they actually take that money from us where we get our salaries from wow Hmm. so I think one of our our main objectives for the future is to stop them from floating them bonds and to get more federal dedicated funding for transit
1: I got to check and see about this bond stuff because I thought that MTA wasn't publicly traded and stuff like that and you wasn't allowed to invest in MTA.
2: These bonds I don't think is like MTA stock. It's not MTA stock, it's, it's, bonds, it's
0: bonds that they purchase. Yeah. From, from who they purchase from there?
2: No, they, I don't know how they float the bonds, don't get me the line. Right. I know they put them out there and I know they come to fruition and I know they have to be paid. Now you want to do the investigation and find out exactly what it's about. Please do because I'd like to know, and okay. I, I know you're very proficient with that. Yeah, so I got I
0: got to look into what's what's going on with these bonds. Right. So basically, it's like what they're doing is just like me and you, as an individual. If we were if, if we were making investments, these are the investments that they're making into these bonds.
2: Realistically, um, you said we had a ten million dollars surplus. I think Steve Down said that. We uh, had $10 million. If you look in LM2, okay. we had $10 million as a surplus.
0: Oh, oh okay. No, he, he said that they're in the black or something like that by right. $10 million. Yeah. Right. So I'm, that, still, I'm still- So you that's know, like a surplus, we, right? right. And Why not sti-
2: take that and buy some transit bonds?
0: Right. And we're still Let's looking, own the company. Right. And we're still looking for that $17.2 million for them Gilmore houses. Let's not forget about that.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, look like he got information about yeah, that Yeah, right. he got information. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can only tell you that what was told me when I was in the E-board and we did that. Um, one of the reasons why they sold the Gilmartin Martin houses is because when they originally purchased the property, they went through HUD. Okay. Now yeah. the Gilmartin Martin houses was to be for our retirees. However, because of HUD restrictions, and they have economic restrictions, there's only one person left who fits the criteria to live in the Gilmartin Martin houses. However. We had borne all the responsibilities for the property. So that's legal, as well as the other financial fiduciary responsibilities to the property. So we were owning a property that was controlled by HUD that we had no influence over. Now, what you discovered wasn't discussed in our e-board meeting, whereas after a certain amount of time, we would own the property outright without HUD.
1: That's what I was told. We we, we, we did own the property outright. Now, what was told somebody told me that we di- they didn't own the property and the person who was the recording secretary at that time was it the recording sec. Yeah. Um, he said the lawyer came and asked for a check made out to the Gilmore Houses and he's like, well, why would I do that if we don't own it? But I'm cutting you a check for.
2: Because, well, see, and that's the crazy thing about this HUD deal. You know, it's like public housing. You, you want to build a building. And you get financed through, you know, housing and urban development. Uh, I think we went through that. I'm not sure how that went. But at the end of the day, we were under their guidelines. So we couldn't put the people who we wanted in there. We couldn't make it market rate. So if somebody slipped and fell on a property, we were still responsible. Yeah.
1: I heard it was costing us more money. Then than it was. Yeah. yeah. But where's the money?
2: Okay. So what I was told and you know i can't attest to anything i'm just saying what we were told there's going to be a property that got purchased up in the bronx and it was a a property that would be utilized for our retirees and other workers to come there and get services and that's where the money was supposed to be utilized services like what like a veterans veterans um housing assistance um another form of our eap seem like an extension of the union hall. Basically, a satellite.
0: A satellite. And where are at and where are at up in the Bronx? You have um,
2: a, near Westchester Square, there was um I think a telephone building up there. Telephone company so, or something so like that. So they will
1: purchase a building for that.
2: Not a big building. I'm not going to cut the I'm not, I'm I'm not going to And I know that I'm neighborhood gonna keep it real. There, there ain't no big building. No. There
0: ain't no big buildings up there.
2: No. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat anything or, you know, I'm just going to keep it real. But it ain't go mm-hmm. caught the Bronx is is
1: is the last hope of New York City. Basically. The Bronx still look like juice. Well, but the thing
2: <laughs> 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 from back in the nineties, right? <laughs> but the thing is we can't have oh, man. if we're if we are an authority and we work within the authority, we can't have just one location where we come out of. With 40,000 members, we need to have satellite locations to service them. Well, you got to tell Nick Bedell and
0: his Hunter, um, college, um, Hunter College mates that, you know. <laughs> that's what you got to tell that to.
2: Well, you know? I, I got to be honest. My department <laughs> was one of the departments that did not vote for 195 Montague. The reason why we didn't vote for it is because the members wanted us to have a house.
1: Yeah, that's not a now, house. Now,
2: I, I got to be honest with you, too. We were at um, 1700 Broadway. You are talking about, and, and Roger had mentioned, you know, a place that's not member-friendly. 1700 Broadway was not member-friendly, okay? That is an executive office. Okay. And you have to come through and get registered at the desk, and we have to come down. And it was just a mess. I heard it was okay. cramped
0: and crampy in there, too. Yes,
2: there was no room. We had to get out of there, and it was costing a fortune. <laughs> we had to get out of there as soon as possible. We were just killing time, right? And we were losing money. Why rent? We have to have some place where we can own, some place that was centrally located, some place that we could do business that was as member friendly as possible to our members. Right. Well. So when they picked that, there's a, a lot of bus routes there. So they have a kitchen there where the bus drivers can come up. There's a kiosk with the computer and stuff so they can come out and you know, swing break, you can rest. And that's what they looked at from what I was told.
0: Oh, okay. Well what about the building on West Thirty Fifth Street? I mean you're talking about nothing but you talking about nothing but transportation. Nothing <laughs> but nothing but transportation on West Thirty Fifth Street within within a two block radius.
2: By the time I found out about that building, they'd already done one ninety five. Of course. Okay. Now my personal thing was there was a building that I thought was perfect for us other than the location. And that was um the building that they had out in Queens, I believe it was the Verizon building. And it was $14 million.
0: Verizon building where, where we at, exactly.
2: Um, I'm not sure. We never even got the chance to see it. But $14 million, it had a big parking lot. It was already wired. And that was an expense we didn't have to put out. And with the money that we put into that, we could have utilized it for other things, too. We could have had our satellite offices. Exactly. But, um, you know, for whatever reason... The E board decided that, you know, the 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 immediate thing was to be down in 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 Brooklyn. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it, it isn't totally bad because the property has increased in value. That area is coming up. When you walk around that area, there's a lot of mansions around there. That's not a cheap area to be in.
0: Oh, no, it's not. Of course. I I, I know that neighborhood down there in uh What's that, uh, um, you know, all those, what's the neighborhood, Brooklyn Heights, basically. Yeah. You know? So the property has appreciated.
1: Who cares, who cares about the property appreciating? It's about the members.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I feel, that you know, if the property has appreciated, once it builds up enough equity, we can get another satellite location to get closer to our members to service them. I think those are things that we need to do.
1: I think that they got that for um, to be closer to, the, to Broadway.
2: Well, you're only a stop away Exactly. And it, and it helps with the with your ability to do work, you know, because you, you want to be as close as possible to them because you want to be able to knock them in the head when you need to. But do they do it? Yeah. Yeah, I've done. It. I've done it. You? I've had I've had meetings up there where I had them come to my house. You know, we didn't have that ability that much when we was at 1700 Broadway, you know, because we didn't have the space. So it works out, but we don't live in a perfect world. No, we don't. You you, know? you you see the makeup of two Broadway,
1: like it's really weird. They got us doing meetings on the first floor. They don't want us in the building, really. They got you doing meetings basically in a room in the lobby, and then it's in the back of the building, so nobody won't see these sad transit workers' face. Is that ha- the back? I yeah. thought that's the front. Waist. No, no, that's the back. Brother. That's the back. No.
2: That's the well, the back
1: looks like. The back, but really, our address is in Two Broadway. Our address is whatever Broad Street, Broad where, Street. Whatever yeah. That oh, is. oh, you mean that building? Yeah. That building. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way it's set yeah. up, they don't want the, the, the main tenant to the building to see these black sad faces about to get them at they they asses handed to them.
2: Well, when you go into the dungeon to flay your prisoner, you don't want to bring them through the mansion to the castle. You take them out the back. Exactly. That's the way that is. Um, it's archaic. I I definitely agree. Of course. Um, that's just like delivery guys. They can't always
0: come through the front of the building. And I experienced this. Delivery guys can't come through the front of the building. You got to take the freight entrance. You got to take the freight elevator. You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess they feel that destroys the beauty. It destroys the beauty, exactly. However, the MTA board meetings, you come through the front of the building. Exactly. So whenever we want to make some noise at them, you come through the front of the building. Exactly. Of
1: course. But they got to, I, I just found that real, I said, the back, what am going through the back for? Then you go in there, you see people looking all sad, sitting in the, in the, oh, and shout out to the guy on the front desk behind that window that make you sign in. His attitude is very poor. He didn't know who I was. And that was his issue. His attitude was very poor. Oh, put the clipboard back on. You don't, you don't speak to people like that. Especially people who's coming to, to, to get discipline. Did you get his name? I forgot. Somebody else told me his name. But I was looking at him like.
2: Well, you need his name and pass number because Rule 10A, B, and C is evolving around that. But is he? I want to know is he. He's a supervisor. Oh, he is? Yeah, he ain't one
1: of us. Yeah. He's one of them. But I'm like, yo. What's 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 I heard in your voice, dog. Like don't think that everybody that come through this door is a fuck up. You don't know who I was.
2: But it doesn't matter whether you messed up or not. You are deserving of respect.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't feel his energy at all. At all. And anyway.
2: And you know, they wrote the rule book. Matter of fact, we got a new rule book coming out. That rule hasn't changed. <laughs> That's a consistent rule. Yeah. They have to
1: respect us. Yeah, put it put it back on top.
0: Oh, I'm not. I'm looking like,
2: you serious? Or
0: oh, would they write another new rule book because they just rewrote the rule book?
2: And now they're giving it out. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Oh, okay. So
0: you begin the new printing pretty soon. Okay. Well, the map store we never got it anyway. So no, I got. I got.
1: That's
2: because y'all break the rules anyway. The new. I been had the new rule book. The new one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cause they what they did they changed chapters they only changed a few chapters two through six
2: they tried to change a lot more they were trying to to sneak stuff it's on tens
1: okay it's on tens the Mm -hmm. new rule book Mm -hmm. Uh, that's when I told you I looked and it says that I don't know if I it was in the old rule book but I read that you could eject a passenger for spitting on the property oh yeah and I I I said I can't protect myself if I get spit on but if I see a a passenger spitting on your property I can eject them what does eject mean?
2: (laughs) And that, that was about, I was about to bring that up because if you eject them and you get into an altercation, aren't you not supposed to be having altercations with our customer base?
1: Exactly. And how can I, uh, what, what, what's the uh, definition of eject? Do I call control? Do
2: I tell them that they have to leave? What do I do? That's extremely vague. Yeah. And vagaries will get you seventy thirty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh <boy. Mm-mm-mm. laughs>
0: man this time be going by quick it man. goes by real quick yeah you know wow it's so many rules that it the, the rules basically trip over each other that's what i honestly believe it's so many rules no the rules are set up to keep you in the trap right
2: well the thing is this right the rules are being enforced the way they are to keep us distracted. It keeps your leadership involved with discipline, whereas it could be more involved with work rules and work rule changes and work rule making them abide by them. You spend more time on discipline, then you can't do the work that you really need to do organizing. It's, it's, it's intentional.
0: Right. And I tell people all the time that the discipline is the way it is because people have jobs behind it. A whole bunch of people have; just, it's their bread and butter. Our discipline. If we didn't, if, if 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 we didn't get into nothing for like a good three months, okay, they would be catching up on all their paperwork. And then once they catch up on it, then they would just be sitting around doing nothing. Well, let me ask sure. you this: Where do you think that thirty percent money go?
2: You mean, whose pocket?
1: <laughs> I guess if you want to say that too, Bonu- I would say bonuses. Yeah. yeah, I believe I believe it's the bonus is, bonuses. It's fun to do that. Yeah. Back
2: in the day, I forget what contract it was. It was a Work Smarter program, and certain managers do get a percentage of the money that they, that's incurred through things that they do. Yeah. So maybe part of that thirty percent is why in certain areas you have more write ups than others. That's true. You yeah. know, man, I mean, man, man, we have RTO. to follow the trail.
0: Yeah. I, be- I believe it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah because you
2: guys in RTO, man. We get I mean, it back. I know stations is horrible, but you guys. We get it back. Yeah, you won the race. Because when I first came in, you know, we were the ones who were archaic and and getting, you know, all kinds of injustice meted out to us. But now from what I'm hearing, you know, with my, my ear to the rail, so to say, that you guys are just getting totally abused, man. And, and yo, yeah. my heart goes out to you guys, you know, because <laughs> well, you can just be doing your job and get hurt. Yeah. Well, they
1: they got they got people like myself here, um, Ben Valdez. You got my boy Jason Norris. You got um, Ramina. You got um, Shaquana. You got people like them. They taking interest now. Shot and yeah, that's Shaquana. It's oh, Shaquana. Okay, so we and we new members we tear six and and that's important and i'm glad to engage and work with them and just have conversation of how we can improve certain things because and rto is is really crazy
2: well you guys can be the the foundation of building a new future yeah yeah of course
1: that everything will be built through progressive action yeah definitely
0: with the the old and new right because i really believe that you know you you know you shouldn't just throw out the old You know, you should basically splash it, you know, like, whatever you can take, you like, whatever you can take, I call it eternal, like, you can still use it for the new generation, you know, like, like, basically, uniform rooms, like, why did the authority get rid
2: of uniform rooms? Okay, they did that, right? Because they went to another vendor. And the vendor found that it was more cost effective for him to use a mailing process than to pay people to do alterations and... To, to warehouse the, the the product for you in the city because, you know, everything in the city is expensive and most of this is being sent out of town from someplace. The problem with that is that you never get your full allotment. Exactly. It's never the right size. So you get a lot of these negatives involved with that. um That's something that maybe needs to be as a contract demand that right. the union is actively involved in a uniform distribution process. Exactly. Yeah. And I,
0: remember I said that because I said, yo, know, they that's something that they need to bring back because when I hear about members getting written up for not having a shirt or not having a pants, but I'm like, retard, you know what the system is like with the uniforms. So it's like, why are y'all doing what you do? And then another thing is, Another blast in the past, um, you know, in in, the Department of Buses, and I'm sure they had it in RTO, is uh, employee recognition programs. You know, I know it's redundant, you know, with uh, a couple of people I talk with, but, you know, they can update it and it could be an incentive for members to stay out of trouble, for members to stay out of, you know, you know, to to, to keep from getting Dan's and stuff like that. You know, if you go, let's say, five years without getting into any infractions or any trouble, then they just cut you ten thousand dollars straight up, tax free. Ten thousand dollars, or a thousand a year, or a thousand a year, yeah. But I would say that lump sum looks a lot. It would look a lot better, and a member would smile. And let's let's say if you go ten years, twenty thousand dollars. You know, you know. These are just ideas that we're throwing out there. But like I said, you never know, and these things could help out, and they could help to curtail discipline. And it's the, in the contract yeah and it's in the contract right, right. it's just not enforced it, exactly
2: uh, and the reason why it's not enforced in a lot of areas is because they always cry that they're broke when we know they're not, but that's the first tear that drops you know I've asked a i have asked I know in um in surface, they used to give them rings after yeah,
0: employee recognition right yeah. they take this they they used to get rings, watches with a diamond in it. They used to get, the, you know, of course, you know, certificates, and they used to get belt buckles. But it was yeah, they c-
2: used to get. We never got
0: that. Right, I never got. So that.
2: welcome to the world of stations now. Well, mm-hmm. I think the
1: employee recognition program is the new. If you don't take off this amount of days, you could cash in a day at the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> <it's interesting> nonsense. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. well,
2: well, availability is something they always looking at. Yeah, exactly. You know, so
1: so we, it's about time we start wrapping it up. We need you to lead the people. with with something. We gotta have you back though. Yeah, we gotta have you back. This one this one by too quick.
2: Yeah, I thought we just started, man. It feels like that, right? It feels like that, yeah. When the
1: conversation is flowing, that's how it is. Next time we come back we'll be more precise. We'll stay on point. Yeah, yeah. We'll be more precise.
2: That'll be good. Um what I wanna say to the membership is that we have to change the culture down here. Right now we live in a culture of acceptance and we have to change that to a culture of defiance. Also, We have to own these jobs. We have to act like these jobs are the viable entities that they are. So get to work on time. Be in your proper uniform and adhere to the rules. That's one way we're going to cut down on discipline. You know, not everybody down there is not guilty. Not everybody is not guilty. And they use this for a distraction to stop the union leadership from giving you the type of representation that you need out on the field. So we all have to work together in changing this culture down here. And we have to look at this and, you know, when you come on this job, you get adopted into a new family. You got your blood family, and you got your blue family. And we gotta start taking care of our blue family because we spend more time with that family than we do with our own blood. Except for you guys, because you all <laughs> But that's the reality of our situation.
0: I like that. I like that. What you gotta say, cuz? Well, basically, I don't. I don't have much to say tonight because basically, you hit it home with that right there, where we have to own up and people. Because and I said this before, that yo, you, we have to look at it as this being our work. Don't look at it as oh yeah, I got this job. Yeah, I got doing twenty five to life, and yet no, don't have that attitude. Look at this as your work. Don't let nobody else tell you what, um, you know. Your work should be or how it should how you should do it or you know i mean of course you got to do it a certain way but basically own it act like you
2: own it this is not a job it's a career if you make it Mm -hmm. and if you treat it like a career you handle yourself differently Mm -hmm. that's
1: correct and it it was beautiful what you said because that's the same thing i say if i'm ever a union rep i can't defend stupidity but you must I'm not. <laughs> Bottom line. And it needs to be translated as as us being men, women, adults, we must be accountable for our own actions and follow the rules, like you said, and, and come in and own our jobs. But don't get no simple. That's the that's the best. I couldn't have said it better. You said it perfect. And that needs to be the resonate across the whole system.
2: But the thing is, and we have to look at discipline. It was meant for correction, not for oppression.
1: Yeah, but we know which, which side of that scale that is. Definitely. It, it's on. And Definitely. It's, and it's not even comparable. Right. Well, that's today's show. We need y'all to continue tuning in to progressiveaction.info. Instagram, Progressive Action. Twitter, Progressive Act. Um, what else? Uh, join the Facebook group. We officially, you know, our numbers keep going up. Um, oh the, the the SoundCloud Progressive Action. Email us if you have questions, comments, or concerns. Progressive action one hundred at gmail.com. We'd like to thank y'all for listening. Next week we back, the week after we back and we go keep moving. Thanks for tuning in, people.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good night. Thanks for having me,
2: guys.